the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, folks, welcome back to You Ought to Know, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. The segment's brought to you by Hot Rods and Custom Stuff, 2324 Auto Parkway in Escondido. If you're looking for uh, somebody to hot work on your hot rod, build you a hot rod, service it, you name it, buy parts and pieces, go to hotrodscustomstuff.com, 760-745-1170. All right, hey, take a listen to an interview I did with Andy and Mercedes Lilenthal. They're going to take a Subaru down the Alcan 5000. Take a listen. Well, have I got a couple adventurous on the line, folks. We got Andy and Mercedes Lilenthal, and they are going to go run the 2022 Alcan 5000. Is that correct, guys? It is. Wow. Now, you guys, this is not your first rodeo. You've done this how many times? This will actually be our second one. We did the 2020 Alcan 5000, which was the winter version, and the 2022 is the summer version. They do it kind of like the Olympics, where every two years is a summer, then every two years uh, is a winter. Oh, okay. I got it. Now, for folks that maybe are not aware of this race, kind of give us a little idea what it, what it's going to entail. So the Alcan 5000 rally uh, started way back in the early 80s by the gentleman of the name of uh, Jerry Hines. And it's usually a 5,000-plus mile rally. It's a road rally that includes many time, speed, and distance rallies, like sub-rallies within it. So you'll have a little challenge rally at the beginning, then you'll have a couple hundred miles of transit, and then you have maybe another TSD rally at the end of each day, and it's typically 10 days long. So not only are you rallying 5,000-plus total miles, you've got about 30, 40 other teams, whether they're vehicles and or motorcycles, like adventure bikes. Um, but it's, it's a great, great fun time. Yeah, it's over 10 days, so you're making miles each day. Yes, you have to. Right. <laughs> And, and every night you stay at a five-star hotel, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, room service, turn-down service. Along, along with interior paneling and uh, 1970s decor. Yeah. But we wouldn't want to have it any other way. No, I have a feeling. So what are you guys driving? Uh, this year we're actually partnering with Subaru of America and driving a new Outback Wilderness. I've got one right now. Is that the coolest car or what? Right? That's great. I I saw that. I saw that. I was like, oh, you got one before we do. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it'll it'll be a great vehicle. It's got nine and a half inches of ground clearance. It's a 2.4-liter uh, turbocharged boxer engine. It'll have, a, what, about 260, 260 horse. for horsepower. So, yeah, this 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 will be a nice little um, fun car. And it gets decent fuel mileage. It gets almost, not quite, it gets up almost to 30. Now, granted, you're not going to, that's not your concern you know, trying to, uh, you know, get a fuel mileage run, but it's, and it's got a nice big nav screen. Are you allowed to use any modern technology? Because I know these rally guys are crazy. (laughs) Um, 
Yes and no. Uh, on the transit sections, after you do the TSD, you can use a you can use a GPS to make sure you know where the next hotel stop is going to be. But during the actual time speed distance rally itself, you don't use the the computerized navigation. It, it depends on what class you run. We're just going to run what is called SOP or seat of pants. So essentially, it's you fly by the seat of your pants, right? So we'll have just a stock auto that's on the on the vehicle itself, and, and we'll let it run that way. Um, but getting back to fuel economy, you know, it's one of those things where it's 5,000-plus miles, but they said it's going to be about 30% or so dirt and gravel. Well, if you think about that, over 5,000 miles, that could be up to 1,500 to 2,000 miles of dirt and gravel in remote parts of Canada. We can't wait. Wow, you are going to have so much fun. So, with that being said, I mean, once you get out into the into the backcountry, you basically are on your own. I know you're going to have a sat phone in the event something was to happen, and you'll have people at checkpoints. Now, do you meet up every night, uh, kind of like a bivouac, or are you on your own? Yeah, we we meet up every night. There is a a, a hotel each night that we do stay at. It is definitely not necessarily a five-star hotel. Some of them are better than others. But, uh, uh, yeah, we all meet up at the same place. They also have a sweeps team, so you don't, you, you can't get behind the sweeps team. There will be a number of people that are going, kind of making sure everybody makes it in. Uh, you know, everybody is always checked in and present and accounted for. And, you know, they're, they're – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I just was going to say with the sweeps team, they're an awesome, awesome team. I mean, they, you know, in, in winter, almost everybody ditch dove at least once, you know, because you're just riding on or driving on ice and snow. But, you know, they have the proper recovery gear. They've got all of the medical equipment, um, you know, and they're they're really, really well-versed in seasoned rally uh, sweeps teams people. So um, hats off to them and, and all the rally organizers because the biggest thing is to keep everybody safe. Right. Well, that's always the ultimate. Now, do they put transponders in your cars so they can keep track of you in the event you go left instead of right? Yeah, I think that they do have a, a like a tracking system where people can follow along, like a spot type system. Um, you know, we will have probably our Garmin in reach uh, with us as well. We've got a little GPS map 66i thing for hiking and whatnot. We might just throw that up on top too, just in case for emergencies. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, people are connected with communication. So whether it's CB or race radios, like our rugged radios um, that we have, uh, you know, people are connected with buddy cars, and then also there's an emergency channel. So uh, this rally is fully prepared, excuse me, for uh, communications. I will so, say one nice thing about the about the summer one is you don't have to worry about maybe like surviving in forty below weather. So polar bears. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and I was just going to ask you that. <clears throat> excuse me. Is what are the major differences between the winter race and the summer not race rally, other than weather, or is that it? Well, the terrain will be quite a bit different. So whereas you, when you on the winter Alcan, I would say maybe 65 to if not 75% of the roads were 100% covered in snow and ice once you got north of about um about for, uh, Prince George. Yeah. Yes. And, and so I mean you were always on the ice and snow. I remember specifically when our buddy car who had a Jeep Wrangler specifically called out on the way back said, I'm just making an announcement, we are officially above zero for the first time in like a week and a half. <laughs> and so um, so the roads this time will actually be a, 
you know, bare pavement and then a lot of, of gravel and dirt. And I've been told uh, that it's actually can be a little bit of a rougher, a rougher ride and more more flat tires during the summer than the winter because the winter one, the road is actually a little bit more forgiving with the snow and the ice right. versus potholes and, and, and rock and gravel. And as far as yeah. the rally route, <clears throat> as far as the rally route is concerned, it's a completely different route. Last year we, or I'm sorry, in 2020 we did the winter one, which was uh, started near Seattle, went all the way up to the Arctic Ocean and beyond. We did, Andy and I did all the uh, optional extreme uh, challenges, as they call them, or extreme controls, and we went, uh, uh, what was it, 146 miles of legitimate ice road. And uh, back down, back down a white horse over to Fairbanks, up to Coldfoot, back down to Fairbanks, and ended in Anchorage. Well, this year is completely different. We start from the same town near Seattle, but we go into Canada, and we go via Quinnell, Telegraph Creek, Whitehorse, Dawson City. Dawson is as far north as we go. Right. So yeah. it's not Arctic Ocean this time, but it's up to Dawson City, over to Skagway, Yellowknife, and then we eventually finish in Jasper if all goes well. See, now you, when you went into Alaska, that's exactly where I just came back from. Unbelievable. And no mosquitoes. I had oh. no Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Maybe three or four. It was mind-boggling. So, wow. What do you now? What do you? I mean, I'm sure you guys pack up, you know, energy sacks and, and what have you for the day trip, and then they'll feed you at night and in morning. <laughs> well, it it kind of depends. You're you're typically sort of on your own. Some mornings there's a breakfast, um, but you're kind of on your own. When we did yeah. the winter one, and we did it in a in a 1991 Mitsubishi uh, Japanese domestic market four-wheel drive. It was slow and diesel-powered. We were also one of the last people to start the event just because of the way we registered. We would get in at night, and sometimes the restaurants were closed. So it was like granola bars and beef jerky for dinner. Um, or freeze-dried mountain houses. Or freeze-dried mountain houses. So um, we'll have to see. We'll be starting mid-pack this year, so we won't be the last to go out. We'll also be in a, in a much faster vehicle. This has a, a 160. 60 horsepower, more than the vehicle we had last time. All right, folks, welcome back to You Ought to Know, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Segment's brought to you by Express Auto Service, 7633 Elkhorn Boulevard. Go to expressautoservicelamesa.com. Dave and Connie will take care of you just like family. They'll work on anything and everything in your garage, including including classic cars. How cool is that? Hey, we got Kristen Barclay on the line. How you doing, kid? What's going on? You know, just enjoying the heat. How about you? <laughs> is, is that really a thing, enjoying the heat? Is that a sentence that, that makes sense? Well, no, but it's better than complaining about it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's true. That's true. Well, in San Diego, it's pretty much beautiful year-round, right? You well, guys kind of have... True, but I'm sitting in a studio that the temperature is 80, or is 80 degrees, so... Inside the studio. Yeah. So they're saving money. So don't you love a company that's frugal? <laughs> but be that yeah, as it I may, do. so what are you driving this week? Or I've what were you driving? 20, no, I'm still in it, actually. I'm in the 2022 Mazda DX30. That's the gas um, burner? Gas burner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say that because, you know, it's... No, no, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's not electric, it's not hybrid, 
It's just okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You, you threw me there for a minute. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. It, it takes gas. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like you know. Here's the, here's the issue with this one, right? It, it it's small, mm-hmm. kind of kind of a it's a small crossover. I'd almost call it like a sub subcompact SUV. Yep. Um. So it would probably be easy to conserve fuel, except this one's powered with a 2.5 turbo. Um, and it's an inline four, but it's a turbo. And if you put it in sport mode, mm. on a, you, you find yourself really pressing that accelerator down. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Mazdas are known for their dynamic uh, uh, driving mm-hmm. um, and handling. And so I, I think if you really kind of want to get the most out of the driving experience, you do find yourself kind of pushing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um this is not my favorite uh, Mazda. I like Mazdas. Yeah. Um, the exterior of this one has that, you know, Mazda design. It, it's sleek. It's sexy. It's probably one of the best looking in its class. Um, when you consider it's up against like the Subaru Crosstrek, the Honda HRV, the Toyota CHR, I think it's one of the most attractive in its mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Um, but but my, my infatuation or my appreciation uh, ends when I get inside mm-hmm. because it feels cramped and I'm not a big person. Mm-mm. I'm five, five. Um, but it just, there's something I kept feeling like I was cramped and I also felt like I had some blind spots in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the, I just had the same car and it's almost like we rode together. Okay. <laughs> And I don't know if they, but I don't know if they did, I don't know if they did it purposely. I don't know if they were trying to really, you know, differentiate between the 30 and the next model up. I, 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 I don't know, but they accomplished it. Well, and yeah, so like I sit back and I go, okay, well, I'm not the market for this vehicle. So then am I being harsh because I'm not the market for it? Does it drive well? Yes. Is it easily maneuverable? Yes. Yes. Can you park it really easily? Absolutely. Um, Is it fun to drive? Well, I think the driving dynamics lose their um, Mm -hmm. attractiveness if you're not feeling comfortable in the cabin, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, Um, and the zoom zoom's gone. Yeah, and it, it's got a very stiff suspension, yeah. and Hunter and I drove it out to run some errands, and we were on some country roads, and, and he he actually moved from the back seat to the front seat because he was getting overheated in the back. He said the AC just couldn't keep up. Uh-huh. Um, now, in fairness, I mean, our heat index here is like 108, 115, um, but he said, Mom, he's like, stop going over the bumps, and I'm like, buddy, it's not like, <laughs> it's the road. It's not like I'm looking for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but to me, that said, you know, how much it, it just kind of, you know, they, they stand out in that vehicle. And it doesn't have, like, excessive cargo room. I don't even think it really has I, – I don't think it's, you know, best in class for cargo space. Um, the thing that really, really bothered me is I used to love Mazda's infotainment system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has that rotary dial, which is, you know, people either love it or they hate it. Right. But, you know, muscle memory, you get used to it. Sure. The thing is, they've now changed their – menu mm-hmm. and so marlon got in the vehicle um after it was first delivered and he was trying to you know be the nice guy i'm sure you've done this for your wife where you hop in and you turn on the ac and you crank it up so you cool it off because your wife's getting ready to go somewhere and you're like mm-hmm. hey let me go ahead and get it ready for you and he goes to change the radio station and he was like i was out there for 15 minutes and couldn't figure it out <laughs> he's like so sorry you're listening to jazz whether you want to or not <laughs> Um, and I was like, ah, oh, I was like, whatever. It's just, you know, I, I, I'm the tech person in the family. I'll get in and I'll figure it out. No, I got out there and we finally figured it out, but it was just frustrating because they changed it. 
and it's distracting because there's no knobs. Right. No, I finally used the voice control, and I finally was just like navigate to Sirius XM 14 or whatever, and whatever, it did. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God it worked. You know? Yeah. No, I, 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 and, and I know I try to tell everybody, yes, I'm only in the vehicle a week, and I'll tell you what I think about it if I can get totally one with the vehicle within that week. And some vehicles you can, and some vehicles you can't, and some vehicles you just give up on. And I have to say, this the CX-30, I got it on my favorite station, finally, and left it. I didn't right. I didn't move, move <laughs> around. I didn't play with it. Uh, you know, and it was just, it wasn't a car you couldn't wait to get in and go someplace. I mean, I guess that's it, the nicest thing I could say about it. It's not, but you know, what? It, it, you know, I always do the research because I always try and find out, like, am I jaded? So a lot of times when I'm in a vehicle that I don't particularly like, it's not my favorite, I look. And, and you know what? They're selling these very well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons is you can get in, you can get in a 2.5S version for $22,000. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the one that I was in was, you know, loaded. It was the premium, and it was 34545 And I guess when I look at the price tag and yeah. I look at the size and the segment that it's in, I don't see it because no. it wasn't appealing to me. And the warranty is still 336. Right. I mean, if you're going to do this, if you're going to build a vehicle that's in in my mind not everything everybody's going to want, well at least give them a a 4-year 60 or a 5-year or give them something that'll compensate for that, but they just they, incentivize it a little bit. Yeah, I know. Uh and, and you know, Sky Active, I get it. You know, it's everything there is about the car, but I, you know, I, I wasn't happy with the ride necessarily. I mean, it just wasn't a car I couldn't wait to go out and jump in and go. You know what I mean? No, we're on the same page. And you know, again, I like Mazda. I love the way Mazda I do drive. too. I, they have stepped up their game where the interior definitely feels more premium. The only problem is when you're in a vehicle where you kind of feel cramped and you don't feel comfortable. And like you said, you're just not looking for reasons to drive it. Right. It takes away from some of the things that they've done well. Yeah. And th- that's kind of where I was in the vehicle. Um, I They're selling well, and I can I, see why, you know, again, but it's just not the vehicle for me. Right. Yeah, and you're, and that's what kind of blew me away. I did the same thing you did. First thing I did is, okay, i got to find out how many of these things are they selling. They're selling well. They're not selling fantastic, but they're selling well enough to build them. Let's put it that way. And right. I, I kind of said, okay, so... I didn't really say a whole lot about it, but you're right. It's not one. If some, in fact, my uh, my my uh, brother's uh, daughter's looking for a, a midsize SUV, and she asked me what I thought, and I just told her to go look and <laughs> and Google them, and then tell me your top three, and then I'll tell you what I think. I mean, if it was something that I thought was a great value and everything, you know hit all the bells and whistles and punched all the buttons, I would have said it, but I, I just really couldn't do it at this point in time. No, it, and it's on the small size. If you're looking for a midsize, yeah. I, I wouldn't even probably put it in that segment. No. But yeah. You know, Mazda's, like I said, they're competitive. They're fun to drive. I would choose a sedan over the CX-30 yes. unless for some reason I needed the clearance. And then if I needed the clearance, I'd probably go up. The price tag for this premium is not, in my mind, competitive with the Subaru Crosstrek, which is one of its competitors. You could almost go into a luxury um, vehicle for this size. Right. Um, 
which, you know, comes with a little bit more. Uh, and, and so that's probably the way that I would go. But, you know, you and I use vehicles differently. You're, you're, uh, the, the, the people that you advise use vehicles differently. So I always tell people, like, don't take my word for it. Right. Go drive one and see what you think. Um, and I think it's important that, you know, you differentiate. Like like I said, I'm about 5'5". Five, five. You're 6, what are you, 6'1", six, 6'3"? Six, 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 yeah, 6'1". But you're right. Okay. I tell everybody, that's why I tell them, give me three. Okay? Yeah. If, if those are the three you like, you've looked at all online, you haven't driven any of them, but you like the bells and whistles, you like what they offer, the pricing. I said, now, once you give me those three... Then I'll tell them, okay, now go drive one if you can find one. And then after you drive it, then we'll discuss it. Because, you know, what you're comfortable in versus what I'm comfortable in could be as different as night and day. This particular car, we're kind of, we seem to be on somewhat on the, uh, you know, the same page, if you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, you know, the, the biggest challenge right now car shopping is finding a vehicle to test drive because my thing is always, you know, yeah, same thing. Go narrow it down to three. Go drive them in as similar driving conditions as you can. Use them in the way that you would, you know, if you're going to buy it. Um, and it's just it's harder to do that these days than it used to be. So, um, you know, you can't love every vehicle you drive and, and everybody has personal preferences. Right. So. That's well, and we we netted with this one. And there's people that are Mazda fans, and and you're not going to change their mind, which is fine. But if you've never been in a Mazda, this may not want to be your first experience. I guess is the easiest way. Well, to say. yeah, and for you know, for the Mazda engineers that, that that listen to this, if there are any, like I said, I like the rotary dial. A lot of people don't. I do. I think it has in the past is easy to use mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and conveniently located. However, they need to change their infotainment system a little bit and make it more user friendly. It used right. to be fairly easy. Right. It's now more complicated, and the fact that there aren't backup knobs, you're going to lose. You're going to lose the Marlins and the Daves and, right. and maybe even the Bryans. But the people that like the knobs when they can't figure out how to go through the menu, those people immediately cross vehicles like this off the list because yeah. it's just not feasible. And this next interview that Brian is going to review, the Mazda CX fifty. So. Okay. This will be an interesting interview. I know the thirty. There's just no way he would fit the thirty. The guy's six foot nine. So I mean, so he probably wouldn't be a big a fan of the thirty. The fifty. I, I'll be interested to hear what he has to say about it. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will tune in as well. All right, go jump in the pool. <laughs> we'll do. I'll talk to you next week. All right, kiddo. Folks, we're gonna take a quick break. Brian's coming up next. Cruising in the Mazda CX-50, got the seat kicked back, got the sounds turned up. He is ready to talk right here on You Ought to Know, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to You Ought to Know, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. This segment is brought to you by John's Automotive Care, located at 6267 Riverdale Street, San Diego. Go to John's with an S. San Diego Auto Repair.com, two locations. Call them at 619-280-9315. Napa Auto Care, ASC certified, AAA approved. Warranty's good. Clear across the United States for three years or 36,000 miles. Brian Armstead's on the line, and uh, he's cruising in the Mazda CX-50. What do you think, bud? Well, uh, you know, I, I caught the tail end of uh, Kristen's talk about the CX-30, mm-hmm. and... You know, I caught the I caught the most significant gripe I have with <laughs> Mazdas just across the board. Mm. The infotainment knob is a disaster. Yeah. And I've had a number of conversations with, with the Mazda folks 
And, uh, you know, they during the COVID, the height of COVID, you know, when they were launching vehicles, they would have Zoom calls with journalists from all across the country. And, and, and let me just get one thing straight right off the bat. I like Mazda vehicles. Right. I don't desire to own one, but I think they represent a very good cost-benefit ratio. Mm-hmm. But the little things that are niggling about Mazda ownership, and, you know, even though countless journalists from A-listers to people new in the business uh, have shared this with Mazda, they have been Mercedes-like in their steadfastness, steadfastness against changing. Mm-hmm. If you recall Mercedes-Benz for years, they had a turn signal stock for the cruise control, just right, looked just like a turn signal, mm-hmm. just above the turn signal. So you think you're making a right turn and your car accelerates because you've just activated the cruise control. Achilles Hill and uh, some early Mercedes models. For sure. For me, it's a rotary rotary controller. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is go to my music setting. I'm sitting in the car, and it says entertainment functions are unavailable while a call is in progress. So I can't even uh, <laughs> I can't even show you. But basically, if you're on an FM station or a Sirius XM station, let's say I'm on channel seven, mm-hmm. the '70s, and I simply want to go one channel up to channel eight. I have to press the menu button, and it gives me a screen, and I have to go, and I have to scroll to station list. I scroll to station list, press the uh, menu button again, the rotary controller, and it starts at 0-1 every time. So if I'm on 314 and I want to go to 315, I have to start at 0 and scroll all the way down. Now, I've been trying to figure out a way. The only voice activation I see here on the dash is uh, appears to be from the phone, on the steering wheel, rather. But, um, you know, and you can you can put your favorite stations in a preview, uh, in a favorites uh, menu. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I when I'm driving, I really, you know, I do a lot of long-distance driving. We all do. You, mm-hmm. You're the long-distance king. You know, you drive to Fairbanks, Alaska, as if it was nothing. Right. But you can't be driving. fooling with your car while you're driving. Right. When you, because you have to take your eyes off of the road to look at the screen and see where you are. It's a three-step process to change a channel. I just want to flip the knob yep. or twist the dial uh, and go from 7, 8. I, I listen to about 30 different Sirius XM channels. And I just want to intuitively flip between the two. And if I hear a song on a new channel that I... You don't get that experience, and that you know that may seem like a petty gripe, but it's been driving me bananas about Mazda products for years. Okay, so that's out the way. CX-50. I have the premium model. First of all, I've been fighting with this consumer website for about a half an hour. I'm on my iPad for some reason. It's just not. It's just not grooving with the consumer website. You just can't touch and move things around in a in a fashion like I'm trying to do a trim walk for the. Uh, CX-50, the uh, 2.5S model with a 184 horsepower uh, uh, 2.5 liter 4 starts at 26,800, gets 24 miles a gallon city dirty highway. Then you have the 2.5S Select 28,200. Of course, you get more trim, more features Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. rather with with every model. Uh, Available at 822 this year is the 2.5S Preferred 29,500. 2.5 2.5 as preferred plus 31,940. That's also available late 2022. Then my screen is frozen, so you get to the 2.5 premium, 
34400, the Premium Plus 36400, then you get the Turbo models, the Turbo 36400, the Turbo Premium 39550, and the Turbo Premium Plus 41550. Now the turb the 2.5 base model gets 24 city 30 highway at 184 horsepower. You bump it up to the 2.5 turbo, 227 horsepower, and you get one less mile per gallon city and one less mile per gallon highway. Hmm. What is that all about? Yeah. 23 city, 29 highway for a car with a, a great deal more performance than the base four-cylinder. It costs more. It's, um, you know, it's like $15,000 more, but mm-hmm. still, that's, that's, that's kind of odd. I like the vehicle. The CX-5 is very attractive. Um, I have an interesting color here. It's called Zircon Sand Metallic. It's like a, it's almost like a greenish brown type yeah. of desert sand looking. Uh, and it's very attractive. The terracotta interior, which is like brown with black trim and beautiful uh, um, kind of bronze-like stitching. The dashboard has the same bronze stitching. Um, you've got a telematic screen that just sits in a little gully up here on the dash. The dash is, uh, you know, the interior is an interesting mix of, uh, of leather. If it's real leather, it appears to be real leather and plastics. And overall, it's very nicely done. You know, you would never uh, mistake a Mazda for a luxury vehicle, but for the price you pay, I think they do a nice job of, of combining the best of what they can for the amount of money involved. And, you know, the bean, the bean counters are are present every once in a while. You know, you write the little side panels on the center console are made of a very hollow-sounding plastic, and they, quite frankly, they hurt my legs. But Mazda does not build cars for people who are six foot nine. And to answer your question, you know, the question that you and Kristen had, I fit quite nicely in the CX-50. Uh, quite frankly, it seems to be about the same amount of room in the CX-30, rather, than is the same as the CX-50. And I may be mistaken, but I don't recall being dramatically cramped in any of the Mazda vehicles, including, you know, their smaller uh, their smaller offerings. It's a head-up display available, in this, uh, standard on this model. A lot of features. I love the SkyActive, uh, you know, uh, safety uh, features. I like the iActive all-wheel drive system. It's got G vectoring control plus. It's got the MI drive, which has a three drive modes: sport, off-road, and towing. Not sure I'd take this vehicle off-road, but you can do some trail riding with it. I wouldn't. I would not take it off-road, but certainly it is uh, trail capable. Uh, it has hill launch assist. If you're out there in San Francisco, you'll appreciate uh, that feature and a 3,500-pound towing capacity, which is pretty darn good for a vehicle that is not a dedicated tow vehicle. And I'm sure you can purchase, uh, you know, a towing uh, hitch, receiver hitch at your local Mazda dealer. All kinds of goodies for the, uh, you know, for the comfort and convenience, including the 10.25-inch color center display I talked about earlier, dual-zone climate control, Rear air conditioning vents. I'm not sure they're available on all trim levels, but it certainly is a welcome option on this top Premium Plus package. Uh, you know, Sirius with, um, you know, you get Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Of course, everybody has that these days. But you also get a full suite of safety equipment, stability control and traction control and front airbags, all the airbags. We, we get all that, but they also have uh, a smart brake support, driver attention alert, 
and it saved me yesterday. I uh, was trying to get to a memorial service. One of my close friends passed away, and I looked down at my phone briefly because I was running late, and I was trying to see the phone to see if there was, uh, you know, the, the Google Maps to see if there was an alternative uh, path that I could take. And this, the traffic in front of me stopped, and I wasn't paying attention. And, you know, Mazda said, hey, brother, uh, beep, 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 wake mm. up, boom. I was able to hit the brakes before I had a rear-end collision, and I looked at the mirror behind me, and I was able to ride it down in a fashion that didn't, you know, cause the person behind me to slam into me. So, I mean, you know, a lot of times this uh, technology that's on these cars can be overwhelming. Like, I had a BMW uh, last week, and um, was it a BMW? My, my, my post-COVID memory seems to be shot. But uh, anyway, the the vehicle was uh, the, the lane-changing feature. If you change the lanes without turning on your turn signal, it kind of snatched you back into the lane as if you were making a mistake. So, you know, we're, we're all getting used to, you know, we grew up in an era where some cars didn't even have power steering, you know, much less uh, a steering assist that pulls you back into the lane. So, uh, you know, we're getting used to all this technology. There's very useful technology, um, you know, Hyundai and Kia and, and Ford and some other manufacturers have a, and, Hunt, and this Nissan Leaf even has a rear seat alert, um, I have a Nissan Leaf as well this week, has a rear seat alert where if you have an occupant in the rear seat, you can, you know, alert you to, um, to a pet or a person to save them from a very, very hot days like the 91 degree day we're having here in the Maryland, D.C. area today. Overall, Dave, I would rate the... 2023 Mazda CX-50 as a 7.5 to, you know, 7.5 to 8 out of 10. Trust me, the people that buy it, Mazda people are like Saab people, they're like Subaru people, they're like Volvo people. They're dedicated to the brand, and I get it. These, again, they're, they're fairly reliable automobiles. You don't hear about the Mazdas being clunkers and, and causing owners all kinds of trouble. You don't hear about engine failures with Mazdas like you do with some of the Hyundai and Kia products or even the, like the Ford uh, Bronco. You know, the new uh, Bronco has one of the, uh, the trim levels, the 2.7, has had catastrophic engine failures. But you don't hear about those type of things with Mazda. You hear about little niggling things like for a while on their uh, APV minivan, they had four catalytic converters. Why do you need four converters on a minivan is beyond me, which is, you know, a four to six cylinder, min six cylinder minivan. But, you know, when you, when you ran into a uh, oxygen sensor problem, you had four of them to replace sometimes, which can be quite costly. And, you know, their Mazda rotary engine was, was unique. They never were able to perfect it. It was popular for a while, but, you know, burned oil, mm -hmm. had all kinds of problems. So I think overall as a brand, they're the little car company that could. Their Miata remains steadfastly yes. uh, popular, and you know people are loyal to it. So I, I've only been able to drive it around the block because my head sticks above the A-pillar. <laughs> but um, good brand, good car, 7.5 to 8 out of 10. You can go to MazdaUSA.com and spec out your Mazda CX-30 or CX-50, which replaces the CX-9. And uh, I think you'll be pleased. I think you'll be totally frustrated if you like to listen to uh, a lot of different, if you like to do things that are easy to do with the telematic system, you probably won't buy this vehicle. But if you can get past that and you don't see that as a deterrent, I think you'll find this a very pleasant drive. It rides smoothly, got a beautiful glass panoramic roof. It's quiet. It's comfortable. 
So again, just just a quibble, but it's been driving me nuts for years. So I had to get that off my chest right off the top of the bat, Dave. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, hey, it's always fantastic talking to you. So how do people follow you around? At road uh, at. Uh, whatever that thing is called <laughs> Instagram and Twitter and Road Gear Sun and as uh, Kristen usually gets a chance to say every week follow us on the You Ought to Know page on Facebook right. be back next week Dave thanks Chris for your board work as always and I'll talk to you have a great week I'll talk to you next Sunday alright buddy have a good uh, rest of your weekend and enjoy next week we'll be talking right here on You Ought to Know FM 961 AM 1170 The Answer all right, folks, welcome back to You Ought to Know, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. Segment's brought to you by Convoy Auto Service. If you're looking for a good repair shop, Dave and the gang can definitely take care of you. 3909 Convoy Street in San Diego. Go to ConvoyAutorepair.com, NAP Auto Care, ASC certified, AAA approved. Can't get any better than that. Guarantees good clear across the United States. And Bubber Doc Kearney makes if you're in the area. Got a lease return vehicle. You need to get it uh, furbished up before you let it go. Let Bumper Doc take care of it for you. They'll save you a ton of money. That's Bumper Doc Kearney Mesa. Go to KearneyMesaBumperDoc.com. They're in the same complex as Convoy Auto. All right. Hey, I got Ted Ryan. I interviewed him. Ford has finally opened the vault, and we had talked about that in the past. Take a listen. Well, I got my good buddy Ted Ryan on the line, and you know... He was teasing us about the Ford Heritage Vault being unlocked after a hundred year of history. Well, guess what? I think they unlocked it. We've got Ted Ryan on the line. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. We're so excited that uh, we're uh, presenting Ford's first online digital library uh, for our fans, enthusiasts, and, and Ford friends around the world. Uh, when we launch. Uh, as we launch, we have 5,000 uh, assets already. We have a curated image library of 2,500 images, uh, nearly every single Ford and Lincoln and Edsel vehicle in every style and every year from 1903 until 2003. You, you notice I didn't say Mercury. We'll get Mercury in by the end of the year. Uh, but right. then even more, even more interestingly, every brochure in our collection uh, is going in the Ford Heritage Vault. Right now we've scanned and digitized and, and made accessible and machine-readable more than 2,500. So if you want to look up a 1908 Model T, it's in there. If you want a 56 Mark II, it's in there. My favorite is a 61 Continental because it has the – it opens from the middle just like the coach doors on the 61 Continental. And then every single Mustang brochure except for two that we don't have in our collection, but believe me, I'm scanning eBay even as we speak looking to – to, to acquire them, and then we can get those cannon in there. And our goal is just to make the entirety of Ford Motor Company vehicle history available for our fans around the world. You know what? Send me an email, because our uh, San Diego Automotive Museum's got one of the largest uh, uh, libraries, and and they're doing the same thing. They're starting to scan everything in. Let me take a look. I'll talk to Lenny and see uh, see if uh, just send me what you're looking for. Let me see if we can find it. Yeah, I'd love to, and that's that's part of what and we 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 have partnered with the Henry Ford too, so that we're getting some of the missing ones from them. Uh, some of the more esoteric ones, the the accessory brochures are a little bit tougher to come by, uh, and then some of it's just time consuming, and we wanted to do this the right way too, so. Uh, people who are vision impaired or hearing impaired and, and can't experience the web the same way 
uh, we made great effort to make these brochures and these photographs uh, accessible. So they're machine readable. And this just takes some time. Uh, we've got more than 5,000 brochures in our collection. This is just the first 2,500. Uh, and that, to me, is the most exciting thing, is that this is just the opening. This is just the beginning. Um, we're going to launch Mercury later this year. Uh, I can't wait to launch our materials related to Ford and the arsenal of democracy and the military. I uh, can't wait. If anybody was a fan of the Ford Times magazine, which at one point in time was the second largest circulation magazine behind Reader's Digest, we're going to put the entire uh, breadth of uh, four times online, hopefully by the end of this year. So we're, we're at five, almost 6,000 assets now, and, and hopefully this time next year we'll be at twenty-five to 26,000 items as, as we continue to pump it full of, of material for our friends. And you're constantly, constantly collecting material because, I mean, there's so much that was printed between 1903 and, 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 and even today. Uh, you know, and you never know what somebody's got, you know, in their in their collection or on their shelf. I think I've got an actually hard, a small. It's a small hard, hardbound Ford Model T maintenance book. <laughs> that that those are the type of things that we're looking to do. The the things to make the material available that if you're a gearhead, you're going to love it. But even if you're a high school kid riding a paper on a Mustang. And you right. want a beauty shot of a Mustang, then you can. And I don't think I said the, the, the magic words. Everything is free and everything is downloadable. Uh, we, this is a genuine effort to truly share our collection with the rest of the world in a meaningful way. Well, if we don't, then it'll just all go away. So hats off to Ford, you know, for trying to, you know, not trying to, but saving all of this material uh, for, for future generations because people, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road are going to look at what you'll have on the website, and I'm telling you, it'll blow them away. I was talking to the, uh, and he didn't even know this, but I was talking to the, the head guy at the museum you and I were talking about, and I says, you know, history does repeat itself. He goes, what do you mean? So we walked over to a model, a Ford Model T, and I said, do you know what's underneath that box on the dash? He goes, no, what? So I lifted off the I asked if I could. He said, sure. I said, those are individual coils for each spark plug under the hood. I said, they use that technology today. Yep, that's the Fountainhead Museum. I finally remember the, the Fountainhead ah. Museum in Fairbanks, Alaska, one of the best car museums in the world, uh, which which we both have visited within the, the last year of each other. So it's an amazing museum. It It's worth the price to go up there. I am serious. It, it, it's just, uh, you know, they've got their little restoration shops. Not very big, but it's all glassed, so you can watch, see the guys and the girls working. They had a Model T uh, in there they were working on. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It, I will go back again for that. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I do want to tell everybody, well, A, the URL is FordHeritageVault.com. If you search under Google, you can just search that. If you type it in by hand, you got to do the whole HTTPS business first, uh, HTTPS uh, forward slash, forward slash. But uh, we cannot put any materials in there that are not rights-free. So you won't see any TV ads. 
You won't see any ads that feature celebrities. We just we don't have the rights to repurpose those. So all of the car photos, all the photos that we're putting in there uh, are beauty shots of cars. And then the publications are things that we know that, that the rights uh, don't matter. And we did that because, just like I said, we want everything to be downloadable and everything to be free. Didn't want to tease somebody by showing them a, a, a great ad from 1977, but you can't do anything but look at it. So. Uh, every, the, the, you won't see material that have a, a whole lot of people on them outside of the brochures. Right, and, and a lot of people don't realize a lot of those brochures were hand-painted. They were some of the artwork, but and then when we when the Ford Times gets in there, uh, but once again, prior to 1974, Ford owned the rights to all the Ford Times, so we, we can put those in there, but uh, significant artists uh, did work for Ford and Ford Times, including Norman Rockwell around the the 50th anniversary. There, there's some beautiful, beautiful materials in, in the four times. I'll say it again. You have got the best job ever. I am telling you. If you love history of, of Ford, you have got the best job. Well, and days like today make it even more special because I know that we're making material available. We yeah. get the, uh, 1,100 requests a year from media, students, researchers, etc. And a couple of years ago, I looked at the staff and I said, why don't we make as much available online that we can, you know, not to free up our own time, but just to make it easier for people to get access. And that's, that's what the whole goal of this is to open up access to modernize the Ford archives and to make them available for anybody that wants them, whether it's a student, a researcher, uh, or media, or just somebody who wants to uh, print out a cool picture of a, uh, Shelby GT 500 and, and put it on their wall. Uh, you can do any of those things now. That is so fantastic. Well, I tell you what, man, it's I'm so glad that you and Henry Ford were hoarders and never threw anything away. <laughs> well, we're, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg, and, and the, the big one that I'm hoping for next year are the styling eggs so that we can show people cars that weren't because that's one of my favorite. I was just before we came on. Uh, I was I was looking through the styling they collection for the 1956 concept vehicles, and that type of content is just you can't get it anywhere in the world because I've got the only negatives and they're in my archives. But I just scanned a bunch. Now I've just got to make them accessible and then get them in the Ford Heritage Vault next year. All right. Well, hey Ted, gonna be talking to you down the road. I got a sneaky feeling, and uh, I can't <laughs> wait to get online and have some fun. Well, I tell you, if you're a car guy or a car girl, folks. You know, you've got to, you've got to check this out. It's 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 amazing. The Heritage Vault, man. All right, buddy. I'll let you go. Get back to uh, searching for brochures. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.